1: to the BBTV Holdings Earnings Call. I will now turn the call over to Ross Marshall of Investor Relations. At the end of the formal remarks, I will provide instructions to ask questions. Ross, please go ahead.
2: Thank you. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us for BBTV's Q3 Results Conference Call. My name is Ross Marshall from Investor Relations. This morning, we released our third quarter results, which you can find on our website at bbtv.com. You can also download a copy of the slides that accompany today's call from our website, or alternatively, access them on the webcast. Presenting on the call today are Sharzad Rafidi, Chairperson and CEO of BBTV, and Todd Tappan, CFO. Moving to slide 3, before we begin, I'd like to remind you that today's remarks, including management's outlook for 2020 and beyond, anticipated financial and operating results, our plans and objectives and our answers to your questions will contain forward-looking information within the meaning of applicable securities laws. This forward-looking information represents our expectations as of today and accordingly is subject to change. Such information is based on current assumptions that may not materialize and is subject to a number of important risks and uncertainties. Actual results may differ materially and listeners are cautioned not to place undue reliance on this forward-looking information. A description of the risks that may affect future results is contained in BBTV's MD&A and Final Perspectives, which are available on our corporate website, investors.bbtv.com, and in our filings with the Canadian Securities Administrators on CDAR at CDAR.com. A reminder, this call is being held on November 13, 2020, at 10 a.m. Pacific time. With that, I will now turn the call over to Sharzad.
0: Thank you so much, Ross. Uh, hi, everyone. We are very excited to tell you the BBTV story today. And in terms of our agenda, uh, as it's the first time presenting publicly to investors, we will take a few minutes to provide an overview of the company and our growth strategy and then review our Q3 operational highlights and financial results before opening the call to questions. Moving to slide four, we are very pleased with the third quarter results. As a technology company, we continue to see our employees and partners safe through the work-from-home policies, meaning our operations and technology development have continued relatively uninterrupted. As an industry, the pandemic has accelerated pre-pandemic trends in the shift from traditional media to digital media, notably including digital video, and that has increased our tailwind. Views in Q3 of our library of video content has increased 18% year to year to 121.2 billion, solidifying our leadership in the digital video landscape. The views growth was primarily driven by our largest, market, including, our largest markets, including Portuguese, Spanish, and English markets. Our solutions saw our viewers' views growth rate that was more than triple our base solutions. Advertising revenue per 1,000 views, or RPMs, increased by 11%. The RPM growth rate was primarily driven by our base solutions and the English market. However, high RPM growth rates were also across, we've seen them across, emerging international markets, such as Arabic, German, and Korean markets. We saw a tailwind lift in ad spending across consumer package goods, insurance, consumer electronics, entertainment, stream, uh, streaming media services, and direct-to-consumer e-commerce companies. We also saw the beginning of an auto resurgence as cars are seen as a safer way to get around. And our revenues increased by 31%. Todd will walk you through a detailed review of our financial results in a short time. Moving to slide five, before we dive into our results and progress, as this is our first call, and as I mentioned, as a public company, I'll provide you a brief overview of our company to help new listeners better understand the business while also providing updates regarding Q3. We recognize that this is not a standard format, but we believe it helps set the stage as we move forward. We'll move to the conversational format on our Q4 call. Looking at slide five, as you all know, demand for content is high. And in the United States, the amount of time spent on digital media has increased by almost two hours per day over the last six years. At the same time, video supply is on the rise, with hundreds of hours of content uploaded to platforms like YouTube every minute. And the platform landscape is fragmented. New platforms are continuously emerging, which makes it challenging for content owners to navigate the complex visual video landscape. With the continuous emergence of new platforms and the rapid growth of video supply and demand, content owners need help to increase views and drive revenue for their content. And that's exactly what we solve for at BBTV. BBTV is a media technology company that uses technology-enabled solutions to help content owners become more successful. And what that means is using technology to grow viewership and drive revenue for content owners. The revenue opportunity for digital content owners is growing. Advertisers have been following audiences online and away from traditional media. And the share of ad spending from various media is increasingly in sync with the share of consumer time spent. Digital advertising is estimated to surpass $441 billion per year by 2022, with digital deals playing an important role in that growth as the most engaging format. Looking at slide eight. Uh, BBTV, as you can see, plays an integral part of uh, content consumption. Our content scale and engagement is significant. When you look at scale players, BBTV is the second largest when it comes to unique viewers with 53% of Google. In other words, one in every two people watching Google platforms, like YouTube, are watching our content. When you're looking at media companies, we also have the highest watch time with 54.4 billion minutes of watch time. More than double the closest player, WarnerMedia. Scale and engagement are two of the most important metrics when it comes to capturing audiences and driving revenue in the digital video space. And BBTV is well-positioned across the board. As I mentioned earlier, BBTV is a media technology company that helps content owners become more successful. Content Content owner is a term we use for our thousands of global partners, from independent video creators to large media companies. We provide them with our technology-powered solutions to help them increase the viewership and revenue for the content that they're putting online while allowing them to focus on their core competency, content creation. No other player offers a one-stop, end-to-end technology solution that's specifically designed for content owners of any size. What Shopify is to retailers is what DBTV is to content owners. So how do our solutions work? In essence, a content owner can only do so much on their own. By working with BBTV, they can grow their viewership and drive revenue without the need to juggle multiple vendors, which allows them to focus on content creation. And as I said, no other player offers a one-stop end-to-end technology, technology solution that's specifically designed for content owners of any size. We have two solutions at BBTV, Base and Plus Solutions. Base helps increase viewership and revenue, leveraging our platform. Through our technology, we help content owners get their content discovered, collaborate with one another, and gain insights on their performance to increase views on their videos. Our platform also monitors content for brand safety, which means you get more ads placed against the content, which helps drive revenue per 1,000 views, or RPMs. RPMs multiplied by views equals our base solutions revenue. For base, we allow third parties to sell ads against our content. Helps further activate additional revenues leveraging our platform. Now, we have three plus solutions direct advertising, SaaS, and apps. We have a revenue sharing model for both base and plus solutions, while the margins for plus solutions are approximately three to four times higher than our base solutions. We acquire rights for content for base and plus solutions up front. This means we have the right to distribute. And generate revenue for content across both base and plot solutions with no upsell required. Already today, without adding new content owners or solutions, the simple migration of existing content owners from our base solutions to plot solutions is a multi billion dollar opportunity. For example, if 50% of US inventory as of September 20 LTM had been sold directly to the advertisers, our revenue could exceed $1.1 billion. Canadian. That is based on September LTE viewership of 457 billion total views, where US represents approximately 13.9% of our views sold at $26 per thousand views. Looking at slide 11, our base and plus solutions are powered by our proprietary piece of technology. They have built as the only end to end platform designed for content owners. This is the powerful engine that drives our business. We leverage machine learning digital signal processing, and big data to create impactful solutions. Our technology and algorithms have benefited from our extensive set of training data over the past 10 years, consisting of over 2.5 billion video assets, making it difficult for others to build comparable tech solutions. This has also helped us be better at identifying new content owner leads to our technology. Our lead generation engine has increased the efficiency of acquiring new content owners resulting in an increase in views. The number of views for new content owners per head across our content acquisition team has increased by nine times from 2014 to 2019. In other words, what it took nine people across our content acquisition team that are responsible for acquiring new content owners to close in 2014, it now takes one person to close in 2019. Data and technology are key to BBTV to scale, and that same data set powers the solutions that help us and our content owners increase views and drive revenue. Our solutions have a proven beneficial impact for content owners. Use their content go up after using our solutions, as do their uh, take-home revenue. The average value increase for all content owners was 19% from 2018 to 2019. And when you deliver strong results such as this, your partners stay with you. What you have to also understand is that the average length of contract is one year. So the overall owner experiences over the course of partnerships. is nice. We also on our views from one year to the next. We retain 95% of our content views over the year ending September 30th. And such retention obviously provides significant visibility into our future revenue. Looking at slide 13, the success of our content owners drives our own success. We have experienced a strong growth over the past few years in views of our content and in average RPM, the two drivers of our advertising revenue. Our base solutions revenue grew at a 23% bigger from 2017 to 2019, while our plus solutions grew at 39%. We have only recently started investing in our plus solutions, but already it compromises 20 uh, to 30% of our gross profit. Todd will go over our year-end to date results momentarily. Looking at slide 14 as it relates to our base solutions, we generate strong year-over-year growth in addition to notable independent content owners as their hundreds of millions of monthly views to our base solutions. This has been fueled by both onboarding new content owners as well as expanding and extending partnerships with existing ones. These independent content owners represent some of the largest independent content owners in the world, and their viewership rivals major media companies. This is important as uh, the larger our content library, the larger our viewership, which drives our base solutions revenue. We also experience RPM growth driven by base solutions in English markets and high RPM growth rates across, uh, as well across emerging international markets. As I mentioned, Arabic, German, and Korean markets are great examples of that. We see ample opportunity to grow base solutions revenue from existing platforms by increasing our market share, and we plan to enter new territories with high RPM growth. Within our plus solutions, we experience success in direct advertising, targeted categories. Uh, additionally, our brand safety and contextual targeting solutions have enabled us to continually accept, uh, exceed industry performance benchmarks. We will be expanding our domestic sales team in the East, Central and Western region in 2021, with an increased focus on promoting our brand content to mainstream advertisers, introducing a number of new contextually targeted premium content offerings as well for key verticals, uh, including entertainment, sports, gaming, and music. We plan on expanding our Voices of Color program, which is a program for brands and advertisers looking to support creators of color while tapping into multicultural consumers. Within SaaS, we experienced strong growth in revenue from our rights management solutions. We signed an agreement with the American broadcaster, Techna, We will also be announcing a marquee renewal shortly. Additionally, we saw strong growth in revenue from expanding our content management solutions to more independent content owners at scale. As it relates to our mobile apps, our installs increased 29% year over year. Additionally, we launched two new games in Q3, This is the most gaming apps we've ever launched in a quarter, including Morg's Ultimate Challenge, which charted as number one most downloaded family games in the UK. We're making more and better performing apps that are being played by a larger audience. We continue to be one of the highest rated publishers on both Apple and Google App Stores. As far as our retention metrics, as I mentioned, our views retention continues to be about 90% across all content owners. We have continuously invested in our technology and products, this includes Q3 updates to our analytics solutions to simplify analytics for content owners. Our dynamic database has also increased in size to 2.5 billion videos. Moving on to slide 15, we are focused on four key growth strategies to support scalable high-margin revenue expansion. We will expand revenue streams across base and plus solutions. We expect this to benefit our margins in the medium term as we grow uh, our plus solutions. And we begin to increase uh, base margins. We will continue to invest in our technology and products to sustain our continuous growth and competitive differentiation. We plan on expanding into new platforms, markets, verticals, while increasing presence in existing ones. And finally, we have developed a deep pipeline of accretive acquisitions that can strategically support our organic growth, especially our higher margin plus solutions, while increasing margins for our base solutions. We have all the data in understanding consumption trends, and we have tremendous opportunity to further vertically integrate, which would lead into financial improvements across revenues and markets. For example, when you acquire channels, your base margins can significantly grow, given that you will take a portion of the content owner's revenue share. Now that we're a public company, opportunity to allocate capital is strategically leveraging our data and relationships. And as it relates to our growth strategy in the third quarter, as I said, we had a great Q3 as it emboldened us to be more enthusiastic with our investments in plus solutions, which we will continue to do, and we are continuing to see strong growth opportunities and believe investing in those opportunities to be prudent. We will naturally manage our cash appropriately. I'll now uh, hand it over to Todd uh, for a deep dive into our financial results for the quarter.
3: Thank you, Sharzad. In accordance with our recent initial public offering and acquisition of RTL share of BBTV, which occurred subsequent to the close of our third quarter, September 30, 2020, we are providing the results of operations of broadband TV only at this time. BBTV Holdings is a holding company which acquired the RTL interest, but other than limited operating costs and transaction related costs, it does not currently generate revenue. Operating expenses for the quarter for BBTV Holdings are expected to be below $400,000, excluding IPO and RTL transaction related costs. The combined pro forma financial statements will be filed later in November. A pro forma as of June 30, 2020, which combines the broadband TV and BBTV holdings entities, post the transaction is included in the prospectus. Future earnings releases will combine BBTV holdings and broadband TV into one reporting entity. Slide 16. For a review of our financial results for the third quarter 2020, we will begin with our key metrics. Q320 views continued a growth trajectory up to $121.2 billion for the quarter compared to $102.7 billion in Q3 of 2019, an increase of 18% year-over-year. Q320 RPMs increased significantly to $0.94 cents from $0.85 cents in Q3 of 2019 and $0.70 cents from Q2 of 2020. Slide 17. Overall, for the third quarter, 2020, our revenue increased 31%, in part due to the strong resurgence in dig- digital advertising spend that took place in Q3 after some softness in Q2 due to COVID, as well as continued strong viewership. In 2020, revenue was $121 million, and ESMA did an increase of 31% over the same period last year, and a sequential increase of 26% over the second quarter of 2020. Slide 18. Gross profit and corresponding gross margin was 8.8 million and 7% respectively in line with of expectations, compared to 9.2 million and 10% for the third quarter 2019. The gross margin was due to the content mix. More specifically, one, less advertising on kids' content, two, the impact of COVID and plus solutions and less content being produced, and three, the previous penetration pricing efforts which carry one-year contracts. We would expect the third quarter gross margin range to carry over in the near future. As we expand our plus solutions, gain greater market share, and with our M&A strategy, we believe our overall margins will increase with a forecasted increase by the later half of 2021 and continued improvement thereafter. Notwithstanding the foregoing and due to the uncertainty surrounding COVID, we are refraining from providing more specific guidance at this time. Although food solutions are more heavily impacted by COVID, food solutions revenue increased 27% from July to September during Q3, 2020, and direct advertising in particular is showing signs of recovery growing 55% from July to September. Additionally, we are entering our seasonal high revenue period, Q4. Accordingly, we are optimistic that PLUS Solutions revenue will return to higher growth in Q4 of 2020. The net loss for the third quarter of 2020 was $1.9 an EPS loss of 15 cents per share, compared to a net loss of $2.6 an EPS loss of 21 cents for the third quarter of 2019. Adjusted EBITDA was a loss of $722,000 for the third quarter of 2020, compared to $39,000 profit for the third quarter of 2019. The higher loss of the current period is primarily being the lower margin discussion previously noted, as well as some additional investments in operating expenses associated with Constellation's initiatives. My,
0: uh, showing... my apologies. Todd, we can Todd, we can't hear you. Your, Todd, voice can't hear hear your voice is muffled. I just want to make sure you're aware. I just want to make
1: sure you're aware. Excuse me. It appears we have lost connection. Please hold while we reconnect. Thank you, everyone, for your patience. We're just... Uh, Wanting to make sure you can hear us clearly.
0: Appreciate the patience. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for your patience. Uh, Apologies for the um, line. And uh, I will continue on slide 17 until we have Todd rejoining. Overall, for the third quarter of 2020, our revenue increased 31%, in part due to the strong resurgence in digital advertising spend that took place in Q3 after some softness in Q2 due to COVID, as well as continued strong viewership. For the three months ended September 30th, revenue was $121 million, and as noted, an increase of 31% over the same period last year, and a sequential increase of 26% over the second quarter of 2020. Sharda, at- I have rejoined. Okay, perfect.
3: Sorry for the disconnection. Slide 18. Gross profit and corresponding gross margin was 8.8 million and 7% respectively, and in line with expectations, compared to 9.2 million and 10% for the third quarter 2019. The lower gross margin was due to content mix, more specifically, one, less advertising on kids' content, two, the impact of COVID on plus solutions from less content being produced, and three, previous penetration pricing efforts, which carry one-year contracts. We would expect the third-quarter gross margin range to carry over in the near future. As we expand our PLUS solutions, gain greater market share, and with our M&A strategy, we believe that our overall margins will increase with a forecasted increase by the later half of 2021, continued improvement thereafter. Notwithstanding the foregoing and due to the uncertainty surrounding COVID, we are refraining from providing more specific guidance at this time. Although PLUS solutions are more heavily impacted by COVID, Plus Solution's revenue increased 27% from July to September during Q3 2020, and direct advertising in particular is showing signs of recovery, growing 55% from July to September. Additionally, we are entering our seasonal high revenue period, Q4. Accordingly, we are optimistic that Plus Solution's revenue will return to higher growth in Q4 2020. The net loss for the third quarter 2020 was 1.9 million, an EPS loss of 15 cents per share compared to a net loss of 2.6 million an EPS loss of 21 cents for the third quarter of 2019. Adjusted EBITDA was a loss of $722,000 for the third quarter of 2020 compared to a $39,000 profit for the third quarter of 2019. The higher loss for the current period is primarily due to the lower margin discussion previously noted, as well as some additional investments and in operating expenses associated with PLUS Solutions initiatives. The following notable balance sheet items are estimates and inclusive of BBTV holdings. We expect cash on hand to be approximately $10 million net of offering expenses, and debt to be $46 million immediately following the IPO. In summary, we recorded a strong third quarter with industry tailwinds and our consistent execution, driving growth in our business and enabling investments in our PLUS solutions. We believe that investing in both base and PLUS solutions will continue to provide a combination of a high volume of views and transactions from base solutions, and plus solutions will continue to provide high margin, enhanced value additions for our partners and ourselves. Thank you, and we'll now open the line for questions.
1: At this time, I'd like to remind everyone, in order to ask a question, please press star and the number one on your telephone keypad. Your first question comes from the line of Aravenda Gapala from Canaccord. Your line is open. Good
4: afternoon and good morning, guys. Um, Congrats on the IPO in the quarter. Um, I have a few questions for Shazad, but before that, I just wanted to make sure that um, I was clear on some of the comments that Todd made with respect to the uh, the PLUS solutions. I think uh, during your prepared remarks, Todd, you talked about um, some of the different components within PLUS. I think you mentioned 55% growth in direct ad sales. I was wondering if you can repeat that uh, segment a little bit because I missed some of that and... Uh, It wasn't exactly clear what those uh, disclosures were.
3: Certainly. So, we were talking about some of the impacts we've seen uh, from Q2 in COVID, but some of the resurgence that we've seen in the third quarter, and specifically during that third quarter, we have seen Plus Solutions revenue overall increase 27% from July to September during that period and direct advertising in particular to grow from 55% from July to September within Q3 of 2020.
4: Okay, that's great. That's helpful. Um, And then um, just a couple of big picture questions. I mean, would you think of um, sort of the moat that BBTV possesses? I mean, from a competitive standpoint, um, Shazad, you touched on the... uh, the significance of data uh, and, uh, you know, your ability to, um, you know, sort of, you know ma- sort of establish that as a moat and uh, to be able to monetize that, um, can you talk about the format and the depth of data that you're able to sort of uh, extract from YouTube? How much do they provide and maybe some of the other platforms as well? And um, connected to, uh, actually not connected to that, but also um, I know that, uh, you know, family and kids is a segment within your. I know you have a number of verticals, but uh, I know that family and kids was a piece of that. I know that that segment was affected by these new uh, YouTube rules uh, made for kids. I was wondering how that affected the numbers uh, and how you see that kind of playing out. Do you see that segment come back in the back, maybe the second half of two thousand twenty one? I'll leave it there.
0: yeah, of course, uh, Inda, thank you for for your question. As it relates to the first part of the question on data, uh, we do actually collect data and, and, uh, and relating to video content and video content consumption. And our database uh, already today, as of September, we've collected 2.5 billion records. And that's across multiple platforms. And currently, the data that we are collecting is uh, specifically relating to video consumption. And, of course, as we further grow the business and expand our distribution to other formats, we will be collecting that data across a variety of different formats. So the second part of your question, as it relates to uh, kids' content, as you know, BBTV, our viewership is quite diversified across a variety of verticals, uh, including music, entertainment, gaming, and kids and uh, family entertainment being one of those verticals. And uh, as Todd mentioned, we did see uh, gross margins slowing down, and one of those factors we're driven by less ads that are placed against kids' content simply due to the fact that uh, you cannot actually uh, – you can only target kids' content contextually and not by audience. Uh, and we definitely certainly will see – we are already seeing signs of that coming back in terms of you know, RPMs increasing for kids' content, and we certainly see that uh, with respect to uh, more ads uh, getting placed against kids' content in further half of 2021. The latter half of 2021.
4: Great, thank you, guys. I'll pass the line.
1: Deepak Kushal from Stifle, your line is open.
4: Hi, thanks. Thanks for taking my
5: question. Yeah, just to follow up on Ervinda's um, question on gross margins. Uh, Todd, maybe you can walk us through. I think you said you expect a recovery in the back half of next year. What are the levers that you can pull then to to accelerate the plus solution to drive that gross margin? What else is there?
3: that that you're doing that can drive that. Thank you, Deepak. We do see uh, a inflection point toward the latter half of 2021 when our investments in plus solutions this year start to come to fruition and therefore will have a greater impact on overall company gross margins. In addition to that, we think as we continue to gain scale that we will also see some increase in our base solutions margins at that period of time as well. So, we have a combination of things that will do that, and then also, we do have a number of items in the pipeline with regard to potential acquisitions that we think would also be margin accretive. So, we have all of those sort of factors going in that direction that we think by that period of time, we will start to see an improvement in overall company gross margins. And, and for you,
5: or Shazad, when we think about acquisition or how, can you tell us how you think about acquisitions through the buckets? Or is it content acquisitions? Are we talking about technology tuck-ins to broaden the platform acquisitions to get you onto other content platforms? you can give us a sense of how you how you separate that out.
0: Yeah, when we're looking at M and you know, one area of focus would be on plus solutions and specifically targets that are accretive that can further empower our plus solutions across uh, SaaS apps and uh, of course, advertising. Uh, but as I said, you know, there would be also a focus on expansion of margins for base. And you know, when you're looking at channel acquisitions, for example, uh, under base, by you owning portion or all of the channel, you get to actually benefit from that incremental revenue and gross margin expansion uh, as it relates to base solutions as well. And we have you know, already the data, and, which is really amazing if you look at it, we not only have a strong pipeline, but we have the data, we have, tremendous amount of data and the relationships that we get to activate uh, as, as it relates to, you know, the partnerships that we have in place and the data that we have actually captured alongside uh, those partnerships.
5: Okay. Fantastic. And then I have a, a couple of questions, one on base and one on plus again um, on the base side. Um, what percentage of your views today are, are non YouTube views and, and how's the penetration on monetization for that and the opportunity there?
0: Great question, Deepak. Uh, As it relates to our views, our views are actually quite diverse across multiple platforms. Um, And when it comes to monetization, of course, as you know, we have uh, one of the key platforms that is the most sophisticated platform when it comes to monetization. And that really speaks to the opportunity for us to be able to, you know, really unlock monetization on existing views across these platforms to be able to further enhance and monetize that. So, um, that is, again, we are on these platforms, we're active on these platforms, and as you can uh, see a scaled monetization activated on them, we're actually in a great position to benefit from that.
6: Okay. And,
5: and so, I mean, when, when we think of those platforms relative to YouTube, can they be, you know, half the size of YouTube or a quarter the size, like what kind of scale are we talking about here in terms of opportunity?
0: Um, It it is significant. I mean, when you're looking uh, across the industry, you look at YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, these are obviously the most engaging platforms, followed by uh, other likes of uh, Facebook and others. And again, you know, it's early days of monetization with some of those platforms. And again, as far as engagements, they're very much so comparable. And same thing in terms of the number of unique viewers that they gain. You can see that, for example, on Instagram in comparison to YouTube.
5: Okay, great. Uh, And then my last question. Um, I don't know if it's more relevant for direct advertising or if you have this visibility on your base solutions, but are you able to, to give us a sense of the nature of the advertisers that are coming back to the market in this kind of post-COVID, you know, the in the bounce back you're seeing in this quarter? And, and does that have any implications of, of, of potential continued recovery in that spend in terms of the nature of the advertisers that are still kind of sitting on the wings and not, not coming back yet?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, as, you, as as Todd mentioned, we saw already from July to sem, September a 55% increase in direct advertising across BBTV. And, you know, we saw obviously a tailwind lift in the ad spending. And you, when you look at those uh, specifically sectors, we're looking at consumer packaged goods being one of them insurance, consumer electronics and entertainment and streaming media services. And we're benefiting from that. So you're definitely seeing these uh, uh, companies and sectors that are benefiting from digital consumption. And given the fact that we have massive scale and engagement, we're obviously a clear, you know, uh, market leader in, be able, in being able to service those uh, constituents.
5: Okay. And so when we look forward into, you know, Q4 into Q1 and Q2, is that, is that recovery or return of advertising enough to um, offset the, se- the seasonality impacts going from Q4 into Q1? Or how should we think of the next couple of quarters in terms of momentum?
0: Um, so Q4, uh, obviously, is, uh, you know, as you know, our business is uh, seasonal, and Q4 is the strongest quarter as it relates to ad spending, and we will obviously see that, you know, as, as we enter Q4. But again, you know, Q1 always is the lowest quarter as it relates to ad spending, because with Q4, you have uh, obviously the holiday spendings, and, you know, so we are entering our seasonal high revenue period with Q4, and we are optimistic that Plus Solutions revenue will actually return to higher growth in Q4 2020. But at the same time, Q1, regardless of pandemic or no pandemic, it's always the lowest quarter as it relates to the spending.
5: Got it. Okay. That's helpful. Thank you for taking my questions. And uh, and I look forward to uh,
1: many more conference calls to come. Same here. Thank you, Deepak. Jeff Fan from Scotiabank. Your line is open.
7: Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking the question and congrats on the IPO. Um i'll just I've got a few so I'll just lay them all out and let you guys kind of go through them um first, just on the uh, ad environment um as uh, as you mentioned Todd, there was a quite a bit of momentum uh through the third quarter from July to September. I think you said twenty seven percent plus revenue growth from July to September. Um, have you guys seen that kind of momentum continue? since uh, September into October and so far in November. Just wondering if that recovery is, is still holding firm, if it's continuing or if it's kind of flattening out. Um, the second question is uh, also a follow-up just on the base gross margin. Todd, I think you said that you expect to see some expansion going into 2021. Wondering if you could just elaborate on what drives that gross margin, the base gross margin improvement in 2021. And then um, my last question is for Shahzad, um, you know, with the IPO now behind you um, and behind the company, and RTL being off the equity structure, um, what can you do now as an independent company that perhaps you couldn't really pursue before? Just trying to get a sense as to how different the company will pursue the opportunities now versus the opportunities that were in front of you over the last few years as you were negotiating with RTL. Thanks. Todd,
0: why don't you to address the first two and then I can let continue with the last question. Sure. So
3: first starting with base solutions, gross margins and how those go over the long term, as we continue to gain scale and really start to uh, take more and more market share, we do believe that because we are the only full service offering to content owners and content providers and the uplift that we're providing to them, that we will be in a position to increase our, uh, our margins over a period of time. That won't happen right away because, as we mentioned, we did have our penetration pricing strategies that we've employed historically in our agreements are one year in length so it'll take a little bit of time but we do think that that uh, our position in the market will yield us that advantage to increase our margins um over that that longer term period with respect to how we're progressing in Q4 it's it's really too soon to tell um and i think we'd we'd prefer to not address uh some of the Q4 elements at this juncture because of that and as we mentioned, um, one of the reasons that we're not providing guidance, or the primary reason I should say that we're not providing guidance is because of the COVID situation. And there are uncertainties, of course, around that for every company. Um, but I do think it is worth reinforcing what you did say, which is that during the third quarter, we did see 27% um, increase in uh, our overall plus solution revenue and notably 55% in our our direct advertising. Um, and then lastly, what I would also say about Q4, uh, just coming back to it, is uh, although we don't want to provide uh, specific guidance on it, um, Q4 is our seasonally high period, as i had mentioned from the last, uh, the last uh, question and what we had mentioned in our prior comments. So, with that seasonal uh, improvement and what we or seasonal uh, component and the improvement we've seen in Q3, you know, we are we are optimistic about it. Um, but again, hopefully, uh, hopefully COVID will subside and we'll be able to see that growth.
0: Thank you, Todd. So, and as it relates to your third question, um, you know, now that obviously if you're a public company, we have the opportunity to allocate capital strategically and leverage our data and relationship as it relates to M&A. And uh, this is something that we're obviously very much so excited about to, you know, uh, look at equative, obviously, transactions that power both our base and plus solutions, as I mentioned, Jeff. Uh, and, again, you can see that in terms of expand, exp- expanding our base margin solutions, specifically, you know, in terms of acquiring channels and really benefiting from that uh, uplift across revenues and margins. And uh, same thing across, you know, uh, targets that we're looking at when it comes to And, again, we're in a very much so unique position because we're able to leverage our data and relationships to benefit from that. In addition to that, we're going to be also investing more in plus solutions, which is something that we were not able to do previously. Uh, As we noted, uh, plus solutions have three to four times higher margins than our base solutions. Um, And, uh, again, uh, looking at 2021, uh, we're going to be investing, as I mentioned, more so in our plus solutions, uh, because we already have the rights, we already have the technology, we already have the reach and scale. So it's just a matter of adding more headcount, growing our uh, direct sales force uh, specifically, as well as adding more business development resources when it comes to SAP.
7: Great. Thanks for the answers.
1: Kevin Krishoranti from Eight Capital. Your line is open.
8: Hey there. Good morning. I've got, I've got a few few questions. The first one, uh, if I go to your slide 18, there's a comment on there where, where you talk about COVID impact on plus solutions from less content being produced. So I was just curious to dig in on that a bit more. Is is the strategy on direct sales to go to brands and are brands uh, sort of looking to advertise against fresher content and not, um, you know, kind of like legacy existing content? I'm just wondering... With the wording there with regards to you know content being produced and if the strategy is to or the preference is to offer um you know uh content that is that is new or is that sort of what the strategy is on direct sales
0: so uh, as it relates to the comment that we made the impact of covid on Plus solutions from less content being produced it was simply because the fact that you know uh, the larger the library of the content, it means you obviously you gain more viewership. As we mentioned, views and revenue per thousand views, RPMs are two drivers of obviously our revenues of BBTV, advertising revenues of BBTV. Uh, and and, and in, uh, specifically, you know, we saw uh, a smaller growth as it relates to our library size. Uh, and because there was obviously less production, especially when you're looking at specifically enterprise uh, because of COVID, because of the pandemic. Now, okay. Said, uh, you know, yeah. Okay. Sorry, okay. You Got it. Is there,
8: were you going to say something else?
0: No, that was the uh, the answer to the first part of your question.
8: Okay. Awesome. Um, I had a follow up then. Just uh, I, I thought the commentary on you know the the nice RPM strength was driven by a, you know a number of factors, and you know you, you 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 alluded to views going up as well, and specifically in, in some key markets like the Arabic and uh, and Korean markets. So I'm wondering uh sort of what how to think about the drivers there. Is it simply if you take the Korea market as just an example, are you were you mining better and adding more content uh there? Or is it that uh you know you had existing creators there that through your through your technology you're 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 making them better IE or you're you're generating more views for them through you know all of the uh, the great optimization tools that you have I'm just curious, you know, sort of what drew what drove the views in those particular markets.
0: So I'll speak to views, but, uh, you know, specifically around RPMs, we experienced RPM growth, of course, uh, in English markets, as well as, obviously, RPM growth rates across uh, emerging markets like Germany and Arabic and Korean markets. Um, And, again, we we did experience growth across all markets. It's just that growth rates were higher in those markets. And mainly in emerging markets uh, like the Arabic market and Korean markets, they're not as mature as the other markets, and therefore, as a result of it, you would actually experience higher growth rates. Uh, this is also a, an indication of uh, those markets also coming out of COVID and, uh, uh, and that, uh, you know, our uh, resurgence, as we talked about, across, you know, all markets, which we've experienced. When it comes to okay. viewership, viewership is really a, a, the driver of viewership is two factors. One is the growth of existing library and content owners. And the second is uh, the addition of new content owners. Um, And, uh, you know, across all markets, uh, you've experienced growth across existing and new content owners. uh, And consumption rates, as we talked about, increased by 18% uh, year over year year for Q3. Uh, So that was also a driver of viewership as well uh, across all markets, including those emerging markets.
8: Okay, great. Thanks for the clarification there. Um, the next one for me, just, uh, last week you had a pretty good press release where you, you talked about a bunch of really, you know, good leading creators that you, that you added. I'm just curious to can, you know, talk about the strategy there. Are, are those, are there cases where creators come to you? They, they know, they already know the benefits. And so, uh, it's, I, I know you use your mind to go in and take a look to see what content you want to bring into your network. Is that, or are there examples where, uh, you know, somebody comes to you and then you're still using mine to kind of see whether or not it, you know it can benefit from your platform just I was just really curious with those ads because they seem you know nice nice large wins, so I'm just curious as to how uh, the strategy there is um, with regards to to mine versus maybe potentially getting guys coming to you naturally.
0: yeah, you know we definitely benefit for both inbound and also outreach that is activated uh, uh, through our dynamic database mine, uh, where we scan two point five billion videos uh, and and Kevin, you're absolutely right that in uh, some cases where, or in, in you know, all cases where we have an inbound, we still would leverage our, our internal solution to uh, specifically determine if uh, a specific content order uh, meets our thresholds for uh, onboarding them.
8: Okay, Th- thanks for that. Just one, one last one for me. Uh, just with some of the disclosures you gave on what you saw in Plus in in Q3, 55% growth in direct ad uh, during that July to September. Frame. I know overall it was twenty-seven percent growth. There, I, I you mentioned a growth rate on gaming twenty-nine percent. I'm just wondering what that refers to—that year over year. I guess I guess if you could provide any disclosure or um, you know directionally where uh, the non the non-direct advertising revenues kind of trended inter-quarter uh, within Plus. Todd, do you want to
0: take that question?
8: Sorry. So the so with
3: regard to um, the composition with our, our our base and our plus solutions, you know, clearly, obviously we saw, um, solid growth, growth on the base side too. So I think we want to also make sure that we're, we're keeping the whole context, uh, of the company with regard to the plus, um, you know, as advertising has continued to have a resurgence, uh, from Q2 and, you know, you notice the, uh, increase in RPMs, um, you know really when you look at the 27% overall for plus direct advertising this is as a component of plus that grew 55% within the period i think we're just seeing that the advertisers are now coming back in and and then hopefully again as we've talked about that momentum carries forward into q4 into the holiday period
8: okay so but but if i think about gaming and, and the content management was that does that also experienced good growth or was it stable and just trying to get us i know it's a small piece but i, I was just curious
3: yeah. You know, right now we're, we're not trying to get too specific. You remember that our, our plus solutions are still less than one per, or less than, sorry, 10% of our overall revenue. And, um, what we're trying to point out is specifically the advertising composition of plus, uh, because we want to, uh, have investors understand that it is both our base solutions and our plus solutions that are seeing that resurgence in the advertising spend and increase in RPMs. And so, hence the reason we, we called out uh, direct advertising in particular, because it was obviously a driver, that being a 55% overall plus being 27%. Um, so hopefully uh, people can understand the advertising composition of the plus and how it's been performing.
8: Yeah. No, I understand. I was just trying to see if I could get a roundabout way of getting more detail on the breakdown. That's all. I appreciate it, though. <laughs> I'll pass the line. Thanks.
0: And I think to add to that, Kevin, you know, uh, again, the reason why we're, you know, we're outlining direct advertising is because, again, advertising was impacted the most during COVID, right? And therefore, your growth rates will be higher. So just uh, as an indication in comparison to apps.
1: Again, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star and the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of David Quinn from PI Connection. Your line is open.
9: Morning. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more on the RPMs, um, just the dynamics there. Um, you know, I think over time, as you, as you get more direct ad sales, that, that number should go up. but just kind of in the shorter term, maybe quarter to quarter, just the dynamics as it relates to, you know, different markets, like, you know, kids and family content versus sports or, or gaming or entertainment, um, d- just how so we can have a better understanding how to take a look at that, um, maybe from a quarter to quarter basis.
0: Great. Uh, Todd, why don't you take that question?
9: So with regard to increase
3: in, in RPMs, um, it, we saw uh, – the a sequential change, if that's what you're referring to, um, as well as the year on year, and so um, that's a pretty strong that's a pretty strong indicator. Um, we also see advertisers kind of across the board um, coming in and
9: and obviously spending again in Q3. Like, are, are there maybe are there certain segments that you know, we'd expect to see higher RPMs versus others, and, and I know for certain regions that that's definitely the case. But um, just trying to understand the dynamics that that are driving the RPMs.
3: From a territory standpoint, clearly what you, North America is always is our largest composition, right, of of revenue, and so the growth in RPMs in in that particular you know component of the world is is a is the major driver.
0: And maybe to add to that, there are really two drivers for RPMs. One is geography, and the other one is seasonality. When it comes to geography, for Todd's point, uh, obviously, uh, North America, Europe, you have more of the developed countries that have higher RPMs. Uh, And in terms of uh, seasonality, Q4 is obviously the highest uh, as it relates to, you know, you can also look at our, for our prospectus what we disclose, Q4 represents 30 to 30% of the annual revenue, uh, and Q1 is uh, the lowest. So those are the two factors as it relates to the key drivers for RPMs. Uh, Verticals of content um, are not so much as, uh, you know, impactful as it relates to uh, the specific RPMs for content.
9: That's helpful. Thanks. Um, And just one more question. Um, As it relates to kind of the roadmap in terms of new solutions, is, is it really kind of just focused at this point on, 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 uh, growing the direct ad sales on the plus side content management and mobile gaming. I know mobile gaming, I think is probably the more, most recent of, of the three of those. Is there anything else that you'd love to add to that, whether it be through acquisition or, or through some organic means? Um,
0: and it's a very good question. So as it relates to our strategy, obviously we're very much to so focus on uh, growing our plus solutions across direct advertising, because there it's just a matter of the headcount. You already have your views you already have the reach. It's just a matter of adding headcount uh, to be able to sell the inventory. As I mentioned to you, if you were to just sell the U.S. inventory, 50% of the U.S. US inventory based on September LTM figures, you're at already at $1.1 $1. $1 in revenue. Um, so that's really one area of focus for us, whether if it's we're doing it organically or through acquisitions. Um, and there are a lot of great targets out there that they can benefit from our massive digital footprints, as well as our comprehensive tech stack, and a large library of content that is diverse across demographics and verticals. Uh, At the same time, we obviously see great benefits in growing our SaaS solutions. We build a very robust end-to-end solution, and we see great benefit in uh, adding tuck-in, complementary, accretive acquisitions that are strategic, that can further grow our actually SaaS uh, plus solutions. Uh, that said, you know, we obviously, you know, I talked about base and, you know, again, we have the data, we have the relationships, we see greater opportunity there in terms of uh, acquiring targets uh, where we know have the greatest potential, both in terms of viewership and our revenue per thousand views. Um, and, and that's, again, very much so complementary to what we're going to be doing organically. Organically, we're going to be growing across existing you know, uh, verticals, markets, and platforms, as well as our focus in 2021 will be our growth uh, also across uh, uh, new uh, territories and, 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 again, further penetration of uh, existing territories that we're operating in.
9: Great. Thanks, uh, thanks for the answers.
8: There are no further questions
0: at this time. I'd like to turn the call back over to Ross Marshall from Investor Relations.
2: Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We appreciate your patience with the technical difficulties, and we look forward to updating you on our fourth quarter results in March of 2021. Stay safe. Thank you.
0: This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.
6: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.